We are back with See For Yourself, the only podcast that has a more attractive romantic option by virtue of residing in the domicile adjacent to yours. I am your host, Annie Day now, and I am joined today by... Four flights of stairs at a water park. God, that sounds like an impossible amount of stairs. It does, but the slide, though... <laughs> But the slide, though. That's the only reason. And it's not like you're doing all of it at once. You're doing it like two, three steps at a time for 30 minutes. I guess it really is. It's it's either an impossible amount of stairs or a very workable amount of stairs. It's, it depends on the, the water slide you're going up to, I guess. I get the most steps in my day with the promise of a slide down, you know, a water slide at the end of it. Be like, okay, I usually hate that many stairs, but if it means that I get to be on a water slide, it's worth it. I have a movie for you today. Yes, sure. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. I have never seen this movie, and the name of the movie is Stir Crazy. No. It is a 1980s crime comedy. Is there going to be buddy cops and is that what you're hoping for? Is that why we're here in the 1980s with them? Hmm, the scratching the itch. You got a deep craving you want to talk to me about, Danny? Jesus Christ. We're not even we're not even two seconds into the, the, the description of the film. Do you want me to give you the description of the movie? The name of the movie, the name of the movie wasn't Stir Crazy for Two. <laughs> I was expecting it to be the sequel, you know. You like getting me in on the original. <laughs> well, I, I meant I meant two as in the buddy cops, like there's two of them. But I can definitely market it with a big old two on front. Stir crazy for two law-abiding citizens who are unjustly arrested. <laughs> the crime system is the true crime of the film. <laughs> it makes us stir crazy being in the cell uh yes before yeah uh, predictions are we doing a title alone or should i wait until synopsis oh, if you want to do title alone i am a full supporter of this <laughs> idea i am ready to give you my idea of what i think stir crazy would be about and i am certain you have no fucking clue what you're talking about and mine is the right idea and yours is the big dumb stupid fucking idiot idea you know sometimes big dumb stupid ideas are fun too okay <laughs> well if you got it all fully baked you know bring it on oh it's funny you'd mention fully baked because my <laughs> idea is a simple and genius one are you ready i'm ready okay so there's a baker all right mm -hmm. and they are you know they're they're working let's say that they work at like a homeless shelter or something right like they are they're there like cooking for the homeless you know it's like a soup kitchen basically right and they're stirring in stirring in crazy ingredients into their their homeless shelter food right and it's just driving all of the homeless people to insanity they're just they're just they're going crazy they're st stir they're crazy from what he's stirring into the soup it's stir crazy anyway i'm sorry i just i want to fit in the title anyhow the homeless people are just they're they're going crazy and this this guy is just like putting all these ingredients into their soup and everything so the stirring crazy is like sorry the crazy not like crime committal crazy like salivating at the mouth at each crazy new ingredient he is pushing them to revolt as a result of him adding in all these different ingredients that are just causing them to, to rise up against their oppressors i don't know what it is so about it's like me. a potion it's like a revolution potion that he's brewing okay 
Yes. And he's just pushing for this, this, this cook, this wonderful chef. And he wants, he thinks it's, it's terrible how the, the poor are oppressed, the homeless are oppressed and they should take back, you know, you know, it's crazy. That they don't have like more opportunities and more, more chances, a place to live. And that is what they fight to get from the, the, the bourgeoisie, the people that are putting them there. I would like to put this in New York. I think that New York, you know, is a, is a great setting for this. I would like them to fight up against some bigger corporations trying to push them out of there. Like that's it. That's what it is. Some big corporations trying to bulldoze their soup kitchen so they can build some high-rise hotel or something he in order to push his masses into into high gear to fight up against these corporate bad boys he cooks them these crazy meals that stir them into action and so they're now they're stir crazy and and that's the fucking plot they fight up against these 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 corporate bad boys i do not have a beginning middle and end for stir crazy i don't not even close uh so Hats off to you for being able to come up with a whole plot. For me, as like it's uh it's gonna be about a little street stand for street food and it's gonna be stir fry street food. And for whatever reason, uh this really good stir fryer is gonna have to be at home. Not quite house arrest, but it could be definitely not the pandemic because it's 1980s. But for some reason they're just at home and they gotta be there. And that causes them to hallucinate. So they're starting to hallucinate because it's like cabin fever stir crazy. And what they really want to do is get back out on the street to what they know and love, which is to continue their stir fry street food business and meet up with all of their regulars. And just for that extra layer of conflict, we're going to go with. And during the time that they're locked up, other street vendors are poaching on their customers. So like the pressure of not being able to go back out and sell the goods is making our main character scared that they're going to lose all of their customers to these poachers because who knows when the stand's going to be back out on the street. I'm glad that we both saw the stir and thought, you know what, let's stir in some crazy. Uh, I also thought of stir crazy as in like stirring up trouble. And I thought maybe this would be a great story to take place in like a high school where they're like stirring up rumors about somebody and it's making them crazy and like maybe it's kind of like a horror comedy almost i really do hope for it to be more on the stir side because the way i'm thinking about it stir crazy is just code for they're in one place and that they don't like that that can be kind of boring i'm gonna say it's gonna be kind of boring well let's hope that they can find a way to make this exciting i'll go ahead and jump right into the uh plot synopsis as i have it here this is kind of a longer one so buckle up okay i'll try to remember prisoners find themselves presented with the possibility of a hopeless jailbreak as their only way out. But while they rack their brains considering the option, they discover that one of them has a hidden talent. We're dealing with two prisoners. Uh, it reminded me of Albie and Dickie already, but, you know, already convicted. Uh, I like that they know that it's hopeless. So many times it's like, it's viable. And then as, you know, it's unfolding, it's like a bad heist and it doesn't work out. I'm gonna say that it's hopeless because at the end of the tunnel that they're using to burrow out of jail is a whole bunch of dogs. And um, I heard a country song about how you can distract a dog that's meant to guard prisoners. So I'm hoping that the secret talent is being really good with dogs. I'm going to call it right now. This is a 1980s movie. We talked about this in a, in a recent episode. The AIDS epidemic happened in 1981. Using that information, this should be the peak of like, hey, we're treating the LGBT pretty well, actually, for that time period. Because it's just before all the bad press came out for the LGBT community, especially harsh for them. You know, it wasn't perfect at the time, but it was better than 1980. 
1981, right? So I'm going to say that this movie is going to be a very, very, for the time, good representation for the LGBT community. Does that look like drag? I, I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be something like the character can seduce men or he can he can pass as a lady or whatever his talent is, is something about like helping them get out through LGBT quote unquote magic. And that's going to be his talent that like all of his prison buddies that are like also trying to be part of this jailbreak are like, wow, Roger, I had no clue. Why didn't you tell us this sooner? Yeah. <laughs> He, and he's just like, wow, you guys, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, of course. Get out there, queen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be the, the thing. I'm more into fantasy myself, so I don't see this happening. This is the wild guess part. One of them's a magician. Didn't discover that until... <laughs> like, like a full-blown sorcerer? Yeah, able to move to portals, basically. <laughs> I'd prefer that you know you, you think there's a tunnel and then it's by guards and then unknown sorcerer guy decides to make a new escape out of his panic the same way that they do in the x-men you discover your superpower in a moment of deep stress so the deep stress comes on and bam there's another way out and then it's just like walking through many many scenes i'm probably spoiled by the multiverse i am sorry <laughs> Can, no, 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 I think this can work. Can we have it where that happens right away in the movie? Like immediately they're like some kind of a jailbreak going down. It doesn't work out. Maybe that takes five minutes. And the next five minutes, they're like trying to figure out something to do. And the one guy can like start doing magic. And it's like, wow. And then the next five minutes, it's the magic jailbreak. And they get out. They're finally out of the, the prison. And then it just becomes like, well, how do we find a living that's like not crime based that like, you know, we can do. And the dude's just like, let's go to Vegas and put on a show. And then the rest of the movie is just them trying to figure out how to put on like a Vegas style show with an actual sorcerer without people realizing magic's real. And with him like kind of trying to do it like it's, you know, it's performance, not real magic, you guys. That'd be crazy. That, if, if you found out we could do real magic, you might start considering us for certain crimes that have appeared recently. That, like... <laughs> well, I was hoping that it, we would uh, stick around with the portals a little longer because in the 1980s, the idea is like you break it, you fix it. So I'm expecting them to be like magician guy you made a hole to the left make a hole to the right and he's like it doesn't work like that this is my first day we're like i can't unmake the hole that that would take some time to go from like just discovering you have powers to being equipped enough to actually come to an exit that counts as a place far enough away from the jail that it's not a hopeless jailbreak. I know this is a big ask of me. Mm -hmm. I really, really want a situation where like jail is painted up to be like kind of a pleasant experience in some way. And I, I don't think that has to be like, like the government has made it fun. Maybe like the, the people in jail make it fun. Like they make it like a, a, an enjoyable experience. And, you know, either the prison guards or the prisoners themselves, whenever these guys are like trying to make a jailbreak, they're like, oh, come on, you guys are leaving we're gonna miss you so much and they're like well we've got to and they're like okay i understand i won't stop you but i am gonna miss you i want that gag in there i i love that gag so much of like that you know the found family of like yeah we're in jail and that's not great but like hey you know uh killer over here has started knitting and isn't that fun remember me on your way out like when when you were talking about kind of positive i was like so like a pirate ship just a whole bunch of people sticking their face in between the bars being like ah Yes. 
Yes, exactly that. Like they can <laughs> see them making it out and they're like, hey, I'd get out if I were you too. I get it, but we're going to miss you so much. Or maybe even maybe even one guy is like given the opportunity. They're like, hey, you're a cellmate with us. You can get out too if you want. And he's just like, ah, oh, nah, man, I, I can't miss crochet class. I'm, I'm, I'm like right on the cusp of greatness and I can feel that. I don't think it'd be crochet class. I think it'd be like, oh man, you mean I get to have double portions? Nah, I'm staying right here. <laughs> the real world's hard out there. I, I think that in the 80s, they really did like to do the, something that makes you like more masculine, like prison, more effeminate now. Mm -hmm. And so they would like to do something like crochet. Isn't that funny? Why would they do that? And it's like, they're men struggling through a difficult time. Obviously, they would find a small hobby that would be allowed to be done and crochet has needles in it yeah for a modern <laughs> prison yeah but a 1980s prison maybe not mm -hmm. and it's, it also depends on like where it is in america too if this is like a texas prison yeah fuck those prisoners we don't care about them but if it's like in i, I don't know uh new york or something maybe i don't know i'm just coming up with a place yeah maybe maybe they would be more cool have you seen Smokey and the bandit no there is a character on there he's uh buford t justice and he's like a southern belle of a man and he stands for the law. He's got a nice drawl, and he's after our good man, Smokey. And I can just, to me, that's that's the character I want chasing people through portals. <laughs> just somebody like with zeal for the law, but with an incompetent son next to him that's making every lead a lag so that our, our good two prisoners, you know, we haven't delved into that. What's the dynamic between the two prisoners? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say buddy cops, but uh... the BC. <laughs> I mean, that's just, it's it's what we rely on here. It's our favorite. It's our bread and butter. I, I don't know, man. Maybe it's because I'm not so familiar with buddy cops. But to me, they'd be like weak, quiet guy and a loud, strong man, and they don't expect to like each other because maybe they're recent sailmates in their escape that one of them comes up with and the other is determined to do they become good friends i'm gonna go ahead and say without a shadow of doubt they were both put in prison together for the same reason mm -hmm. and they just happen to also be either cellmates or like i'm in this cell and you're in the cell adjacent to mine do you think they did the same crime together or is it just an identical crime they both did whatever they're put away for they were both put away for it like literally the same court case and everything oh i robbed the bank but he was my getaway driver and they were both put on trial at the same time in the same with the same judge and the same jury and the same everything okay. i can see that because i thought for a little while i got really excited i was like so is it like soulmates where they both did the same thing but like in different areas of the city on the same day and got the same sentence and then they're like the prisoner next door is my best friend. <laughs> I know you probably haven't seen it, but I Love You, Philip Morris is probably a very, very good movie for you on that note. It's mm. not uh, exactly what you're describing, but it's pretty close. Mm. Uh, I Love You, Philip Morris. It's the only movie where you can watch Obi-Wan Kenobi have a romantic and sexual relationship with the Riddler. Oh. And the Grinch. The Grinch interesting halloween party it's a fun movie it's a good movie i like it a lot uh, but it kind of describes what you're talking about where like these two men who are put away they're not put away for the same reasons but they kind of find like a soulmate connection in prison hmm. i don't think that's going to be the case i think these guys are already going to be like accomplices with each other they're going to be buddies they're going to be like oh man i can't believe we got put away for this i wouldn't mind a situation where it's like we're wrongfully put away and it's actually those those darn scuppagee boys those scuppagee boys they're the ones who did this crime and, and they framed us for it we gotta go we gotta get out so we can get the scuppagee boys mm. 
I'm just making up a name. I don't know. Yeah, if yeah, yeah. I'm following. Thing. I'm following. And the whole movie is them like trying to overcome this injustice. And it's like, it's kind of funny because, you know, like with a name like Scuppagee, how can it not be funny? And then you like, you zoom up close to a Scuppagee brother with his huge, massive ham of a hand cracking his knuckles. And you're like, I mean, I laughed at first, but it's like a Little John situation where you're a giant named Little John. So I, I respect the Scuppagee name now. I apologize, <laughs> sir. I didn't. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sir. I didn't know it was uh, the Scuppagee brothers. Scuppagee with a capital S. <laughs> I thought it was my local ones. They're not as uh, they're not as accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think you're right about getting them both in the same crime. I want to say the word Bubsy here. <laughs> I don't remember the real name of Boss. Um, but yeah, that that seems like it would fit. I, I know it's not gonna be a thing, but I loved. Uh, we did a we did a a movie called Dead Heat in season one, where it was it was a buddy cop movie, but there's like a lot of undertones of like romantic intrigue between the two buddy cops. The movie itself, like if you're just taking the movie at face value, it tries very hard to be like no. No, this one character has sex with everybody. And this other guy has a girl he's really trying to romance. Just because one of them says, I think you look great in lipstick. And the other one says like, wow, you're so fit, dude. Doesn't mean that they're like romantically. They're not. They're not, you guys. Stop seeing what you want to see, guys. Stop seeing what you want to see. I would like some of that in this movie where it's just like, you know, it's the it's the little tip of the of the LGBT brush that I'm asking for here where, you know, hey, these two dudes are like trying to get out of prison. But like, damn, man, I saw you out in the yard the other day and you were really lifting those weights. And I got to say, I respect that. And I'm just like, oh, no, I'm just imagining right now that wet towel rat tail gag where you just smack somebody else with it. Yep. I can see that being a part of this movie too and he's just like oh oh gosh <laughs> you hurt my butt ow and it's just like did he yeah <laughs> yeah did he do that <laughs> i was hoping um when we came across because i've never seen that done before where it's like the serendipity but played out into like a prison cell so like you start off as rivals of course and then you realize how much you have in common and you're like Who's the real enemy here? I would like the, the 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 talent they discover they have is just that they're both just these wonderful performers. Like acrobats? Like, like it, it, whatever talent they have, they're just like, wow, we're really good at juggling. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we can really do this. And so they wait to perform the jailbreak for the talent show night. Mm. and that's the big thing is they're like we got to make our juggling act work or our, our acrobatic act work or our magician magician our magician act hey, 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 hey. our magician act work you know and that's like the big lead up and the, the the big like payout is when they finally get you know themselves and their guys out yeah. and there's like a big moment of tension where it's like oh no i don't think we're gonna be able to get roger out oh no not roger yeah he tripped again so clumsy that dude all those like small moments where it's like no he wasn't so supposed to throw the red ball into the air he was supposed to keep that one oh gosh. <laughs> you're bringing me back to like death note right now where we're agonizing over one tiny detail that normal people do not care about yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> red ball has the key in it <laughs> six steps ahead if he has the red ball then that means thomas doesn't have the red ball and that means yeah very oceans 11 very death note very like oh no <laughs> Whoever was writing this script was just breaking their back over this. <laughs> 
I need to make the audience care about the red ball. How do I do that? <laughs> so we've spent a lot of time with the prisoners. Are we going to get named officers that we care about to like up the ante or to make us feel bad that we're rooting for prisoners? What's, how's that going to go? We, we might get one cool officer and one cool and the warden. Like I think the warden and one cool officer are going to be like eccentric fun people who really like like magic shows or really like juggling or really like whatever thing. Maybe that's how they discover their secret talent. They're like, oh, I saw you trying to make a jailbreak there, Roger. And second guy who I have not given a name to, Smuckabee, whatever his name is. <laughs> I saw y'all trying to make a jailbreak and you ain't never going to get out of here. And they're like, oh, tickle, dang. Tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> We've been trying to get boys to be putting up this talent show. and We're going to make it your responsibility now. I've always wanted a talent show in my prison. And they're like, oh, that's kind of weird. And they're like, yeah, I, I I, just, I don't know. I just always wanted to see young men perform in a show. And and, and maybe they could do like a dance number. Roger and Smuckaby look at each other and they're like, oh, man, I don't know if you know, but I, uh, I actually used to break dance before I got arrested. And then the other guy's like, I did ballet. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> five we got this we're gonna win this and they like have a trophy and they use the trophy to like barricade the last door that's in between them and the free world maybe that's the thing the only thing that was missing from their jailbreak plan was there was no distraction element and they're like yeah you could never distract my officers they don't get distracted by nothing and then officer uh shanahan is just like yeah i wouldn't get distracted by anything but boy i would really love to see a talent show where there's maybe some dancing i don't know i love dancing <laughs> that moment where like um the the nemesis out of respect for what was just witnessed stands up and slow claps <laughs> Yeah, like, that's what that's what lets them get away in the end. That's what lets them get the red ball to the I, last. I guy. don't usually let a prisoner go, but that was a good show. <laughs> I really feel like you guys touched me in a way that a performance has never touched me before, and uh, wow, like the like the ratatouille moment where it like takes yes. him all the way back to yes. his childhood, and he's like he's like, damn, I uh... I gotta think some things over. <laughs> You guys, you guys go wherever you're going, please, and enjoy your freedom. I just, when you did that quadruple pirouette, I, uh, I've never, I've never, not in all my years. <clears throat> and he's just like fighting back a tear. It must be raining. It must be raining right now. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta step away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Not in front of, not in front of the talent. Not in front of the talent. <laughs> Never meet your stars. Never meet your oh. heroes. Oh. <laughs> the whole thing keeps the grunting of containing your emotions. <laughs> I know, I know this is a big ask too, but I really do hope that the big climax of the movie, either they get it out of the way right out the gate, where they're just like, all right, and everybody escapes the prison in the first 10 minutes, or they wait for it to be the climax of the movie. The final big ending note is that everybody gets out and they get to go and enjoy their freedom and it's fun and, and you know, happily ever after they're living, they're sipping martinis on, in, in Mexico and they're having a good old time. I don't know. That's what I want. Do you think there's going to be like a narrator that talks about this wild and crazy time in his life and then the movie takes place and then they could end nice and cleanly with, and that's why we're on the beach sipping 
whatever we sip on the beach. Mm, we were really safe the whole time. This is just recollection. Of, yeah, yeah. There's a part of me that's like, uh, I wonder if you're just like Shawshank Redemptioning this. Because I do think that Shawshank Redemption did that, where they have like the voiceover character who's just kind of like, I, Morgan Freeman, have already experienced all these events and they turned out pretty okay as, as, it, as it would go. Mm -hmm. Are you hoping for that to be in or not to be in? I think that it takes away some of the tension to have like a... Assured, happy ending. This, well, maybe not an assured, happy ending, because I do think there's a degree of suspension of disbelief when you're hearing like a narrator telling you these things. But I do think that like having someone to like hold your hand through the story does take away some of the tension. And I want that like, oh, the red ball! You know, I want that. I want that so badly. I'm also not much a fan of the narrator in this instance, but for some reason, I just associate 1980s movies with storytelling era. To me, there's there's going to be a guy who has a story and it's like, can he just do the story? It's like, no, I'm the man that has the story. And it's like, okay, whatever. Can we get to the story part, please? I know that we're trying to get to the story part, please, but we are kind of coming up on that time. Are there any other predictions you want to make just as a last minute, last resort, kind of weasel this bad boy in? So I'm super curious about what the secret talent is. My last throws on the wall about what that might be could be an amazing moonshine concoction mm. and at the very least hypnotism those are my last bit so if it's not like able to travel through places portals then maybe it's the ability to make other people very distracted slash very focused with hypnotism that's how i'm wrapping up the secret talent guesses for stir crazy i am so glad you brought up hypnotism because it is one of those very limited abilities that is also kind of secretly unlimited like we can do whatever we want with it but like it doesn't necessarily work perfectly if we don't want it to mm -hmm. uh, hypnotism kind of works exactly how we need it to work in the moment right mm -hmm. which is exactly the kind of ability that a screenwriter wants right <laughs> yes like flight cannot stop the sun imploding right but hypnotism i don't know maybe <laughs> like, <this laughs> can find a way for, for hypnotism to do that <laughs> And your last thoughts too? I have I have a couple of things for you here. Uh, I did want to ask you just real quick before we get into it. Who's going to play our leading characters? I don't really know people from that era. <laughs> I'm sorry. They, uh, it, I'm, if I had to guess, I'd pick an action star. Sure, go ahead. Go nuts. Uh, I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it. Arnold Schwarzenegger and who else? Oh, okay. Uh... <laughs> Lock that one in for you. Of the bald guy, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow, <laughs> what a pair. What a pair. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I already have the answer, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Okay. Uh, Gene Wilder. Okay. And we, we all go wilder for Gene Wilder. We do. I can see him being the hypnotist one. Go on. And Richard Pryor. Oh, they could both be hip. I want this talent show now. <laughs> they can both dance they can both ballet they can both break dance they can both charm dogs they can both make moonshine it's interesting you picked arnold schwarzenegger and bruce willis because i do believe bruce willis is classically trained as a dancer i do believe he can actually dance mm-hmm Especially at the time, if my recollection of how old Bruce Willis is and like his ability to like fit into this. Anyway, he, he should be able to, you know, dance. Whereas Arnold Schwarzenegger, to my understanding, is not trained in that way at all. 
no, he would have been the strong guy that's, you know, trying to get the plan done, even though it looks hopeless. So in your casting of it, it's not like, oh, I have a style of dancing and you have a style of dancing and we make it work. It's you can dance and I can support you. (laughs) (laughs) In in mine, they don't have a dance off. In mine, there's a portal going on. You don't need to dance for that. (laughs) And in this one, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, I, I don't know why. I think it's just because they're like they're in that perfect age group or demographic. I don't know where we just see them as legends and they can do anything. Even if you have no understanding of what their skill set is, you look at them with that reverence of whatever Richard Pryor wants to do, whatever Gene Wilder wants to do, they can do it. I'm brought in by their charming smiles because I've seen each of them in situations where they had a lot of levity and then a lot of groundedness. I don't necessarily think of them as legends in the sense that, oh, they're untouchable. Anything they touch turns to gold. There is a real human element whenever they're on screen that it's like, I know this person, even though I don't know this person. They they are wildly charming. Yes, that's the, yes, I can get behind that. Super charismatic. And then both of them. How am I going to get through this movie? <laughs> We've talked about this in the past. There's some actors who just, they don't do a very good job of being next to another very charismatic actor. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of like, oh, he's being charismatic. Well, I'll be double charismatic. And then the other guy's like, oh, he's being double charismatic. I'll be triple charismatic. We're playing bad cop, bad cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They don't realize, some people don't realize the position they're in. You know, they're not supposed to be playing, you know, the, the goofy guy. The other guy's supposed to play goofy. You're supposed to play serious, you know. They don't get that. So the only thing they give is, well, he's being goofy and fun. I want to be fun. I like being fun. I'll be fun too. Yeah, and the next thing you know, you just, as an audience member, walk out of that thinking everybody played themselves instead of those characters really connected. Which is what, what you and I would do if we were to act these characters we would just be ourselves and everyone would be like i think we have enough chemistry personally that (laughs) i i do they'd be like wow one of them was being bombastic and then calmed down for the other and then the other made room for me and all of my four flights of glory to be pretty bombastic too well there, there was a wise person who once wrote that in order to respect someone you have to love them first or maybe the opposite in order to love someone you have to respect them first uh and i think that that plays a big role in acting and like especially in a duo sort of scenario where it's just you and the other person for a lot of scenes you gotta love the other person or you gotta respect the other person or both preferably and i think that you and i have a lot of love and respect for one another and we're able to kind of translate that onto the screen in in some sort of way i think we could but the the only people that can test us out are you the very listener who's about to join us in the see for yourself journey on stir crazy yep and we are the team of performers and perform listeners I, I just tried that out for the first time i'm not super proud of it i'm listening we, we all yeah, yeah, no. keep it up you can do it you can do it i got you you're my rock you're my rock oh. <laughs> take two <laughs> We're, we're all going to go on this journey of seeing for ourselves uh, this movie, Stirring Crazy. We're all going to stir crazy. The, the Stir Crazy 1980, Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor. It can't be bad. It's impossible. Let's let's dive right into it, and we'll we'll call this a uh, a preamble, I guess, we'll, is what we call these. I'm so excited to see for myself. All right, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Good luck and Godspeed. <laughs>
for yourself podcast did you see it for yourself there's gonna be some real good spoilers if you you didn't see it for yourself yeah some very painful spoilers <laughs> it, and probably we don't get this a whole lot on see for yourself you know i wish we did because it, it feels like movies are the one place where we should get this more often but one thing that this movie gave us that a lot of movies don't is names of characters that work as see for yourself names yes yeah we got grossberger <laughs> A 10 out of 10 name for a see for yourself host. <laughs> Steve, Pirate Steve's kicking himself right now. Yeah. Why did I ever waste my fucking time on any other name when Grossberger was always available? I did not know it was on the table, honestly. It was fine print for me. And then we have, uh, I forget I forget his name. It, it was just on, 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 it was on the tip of my tongue. It was like Giorno Geronimo. Oh, Caesar. Caesar Geronimo. Mm-hmm. Caesar Geronimo. What a good name! Pretty good name, yeah. Oh my lord! I was really upset at how little times they made reference to Rory, so I, I was getting ready to rewind the whole film to hear that one time they said it, but then they said his legal name, so I don't know if you can follow me, but the sweet man mm. calls uh, Harry Sweet Pants. Yes. I predicted there would be a really cool representation for the LGBT in this movie. And you got it. Well, while while it was probably better than for its time generally, because the he gets the kiss at the end, you know, Richard Pryor doesn't uh, Harry Harry doesn't handle it perfectly. I think the worst example of this is probably uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I'm listening for this scene because it's not ringing a bell yet. Oh, okay. So there's a scene where Ace Ventura discovers that he had a physical tryst with a woman who he discovers later is a transgender woman. That's not pet. Oh, that is Pet Detective. I'm thinking when nature calls. Go on. Yeah, so that's the sequel. In the first one, he discovers that he had a physical kissing sort of makeout session with a woman who is a trans woman, and he just loses it. Mm -hmm. He like, it's like a whole big segment where he like scrubs his tongue and his, and his mouth and everything. And at the very least, Richard Pryor had the decency to be like caught off guard by the kiss and then sort of like rub his lips a little and then go, oh, that that man, he, he kissed me. It might actually have to do with Richard Pryor's background. If I remember right, in a re comedy sketch, he revealed that he grew up in like the red light district. Like that was a part of his household. So I think it might have been handled better because of his experience with uh, more sexuality in his life with coming across those characters early. Oh, I mean, that's that's very possible. I, I wish that it was it was handled a little bit more delicately than that but it was better than what we would come to expect out of the 80s mm -hmm. so uh, i guess begrudging begrudging good job you know begrudging <laughs> yeah yeah all right not not as bad as it could have been well i like that rory remains a friend of the group like he's always painted in a good light yes he makes harry uncomfortable but he's thoroughly useful he has his own agency nobody like scares him to get a shrill out of squeal out of him is what i mean sometimes we'd see that you just scare the gay man into shrieking like a girl and then laughing because he sounds like a girl when he screams i did think it was funny that i predicted that there would be like knitting or crochet or something like that something to demasculate what is otherwise a very masculine setting uh-huh the only person who's ever seen knitting or crocheting is uh rory he's uh harry's arms so <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it's fun that Harry's like helping him with that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be related to the breakout because it seemed like it was the day before the big game and they're doing this odd thing. So I was like, oh, they're going to use that somehow, except he like keeps making the ball small. Like he doesn't expect the takes to work. So he just like makes the ball and then he loosens it and then he makes the ball. Yeah, I genuinely thought I was like, all right, this is going to be like the the secret hidden thing that like helps them to escape in the last minute, you know, mm -hmm. that we all forgot about, you know, and then it's like, oh, I knitted this sweater. that It was literally going to be the red ball. It was a red ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we never got a payout for it. And that feels that's unfortunate, you know, like, oh, come on, you know, come on. We could have had we could have done that. Could have. One of the upsetting things about this movie for me is that Gene Wilder gets so much more to do than Richard Pryor's character. True. I mean, I'll talk about it in my own way. You go first. So the way that they're set up to begin with is that Gene Wilder's character is more optimistic, he's more friendly, he's more charming, he's more willing to like give things a try even if they seem like a bad idea. Richard Pryor's character Harry is kind of more cautious, he's more skittish, he's a little frightened by things, he's a little bit more understanding of the way that the world typically works, he's rational. To me, it would have been more silly to have the rational skittish character discover that he's a capable rodeo man, he's a, he's a cowboy he can he can ride on a bull you know he can do these things to me that's a little bit more silly than like the outgoing optimistic dreamer yeah friendly guy and it also feels like gene wilder and gene wilder's character of uh skip just fit perfectly into rodeo clown everything about being a rodeo clown would just come naturally to him and it's crazy that richard Pryor's character didn't actually get to do any rodeo clowning he just gets in the makeup and that's about it yeah, it gets in the makeup and then gets scared at the job description. Yeah, it, it feels frustrating that like Blade gives him that description. And I love the character of Blade, even though he gets like nothing to do at all in the movie. He gets like what few lines he gets and he makes them work. I thought that was very funny. I was like, yeah, Blade is going to teach him how to be a good rodeo clown. That's fucking funny. Let's like, how go. How does Blade know how to be a clown? Like, it seems like he's got insider knowledge, but we didn't hear about this until just now. Hey, Blade knows what he's doing. Blade knows what he's doing. I don't, I don't question. <laughs> don't question Blade. <laughs> I choose not to question a man named Blade, okay? <laughs> Everybody has, which is why I want to know why he speaks with such authority about the insider secrets of rodeo clowns. My, my man saw rodeo clown once and had so much deep and profound respect that when they were like, hey, you can join our team. Do you have any insights here? He was like, I saw I know what not once. to say to that bull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know what goes on between these horns. <laughs> you can tell the really mean ones because they stand still. <laughs> They'll just stare at you and mock you with their silence. Okay, Blade. Um, I was gonna add that uh, there is good chemistry between them in particular scenes, like when they're acting bad. So they both get into the act of walking funny to show how tough they are, but it's not like they keep exaggerating each other. They got the hairy version of walking bad, which is okay, not exactly believable, but passable. And then you have Skip's version where it's like, oh, that guy's gonna get punched. But side by side, they make a nice hair. Also happens during the freaking out 
scene. Skip freaks out first, and here comes Harry to save his friend, and then Skip allegedly calms down. Harry gets his moment to freak out. It's a nice turn there. Uh, same thing with this prison despair moment, where they're home from a hard day of digging at dirt and not getting enough water. They let it out in their own safe space, but as long as the guards are around, they're making sure that the noise level is passable, so that the next time they have a private moment, they can still express themselves. Mm -hmm. One thing that I did notice, just about as soon as we get to California, Harry's reduced to reacting to Skip's shenanigans. Yeah. And that was kind of sad, because I was hoping for that to change, but it's like, Skip, I want to talk to you. I don't really like being in California. Skip, don't talk to those guys. They don't look right. Skip, we're going to jail. Did you hear me, Skip? We're going to jail. And so, like, throughout the rest of it, it's just kind of him reacting to Skip. And this one moment where it kind of seems like he has a handle on it where harry is like and you're not gonna write a novel about it right until we're done right and skip's like yeah but then after that he's like the pawn in the game and when it comes to negotiating with skip the warden targets harry because harry's close to skip's heart it is a little frustrating that uh harry sort of uh becomes a What's the word? He becomes almost like a MacGuffin, like he's used to further the plot, but he's not like his own character, really. Really making decisions so much as he's looking for relief at every instance. God, I don't want to be locked up for 125 years. And Skip's over here like, ah, oh, it'll only be 30, and I'm sure we'll get out before then. We always have that arraignment. Yeah. I think there's a part of that that's supposed to be like the way that white people view... The system? <laughs> yeah, the, the way that the white people view the justice system and the way that black people view the justice system. Black people are like yeah uh, i'll never get out it'll never work i have to find some way to survive this and white people are just like yeah friends in the right places they'll help us if we give them enough time don't worry the justice system knows that we didn't do anything wrong this is all just some sort of comedy of errors you know oh how wacky this is we'll be out any day now yeah what a what a small inconvenience this will be upon us and we'll we'll be out by the end of the week i'm sure yeah. And he's got like his little list of, of like difficulties. I love I love that. He's like, here's my demands. <laughs> give him give him your list, Skip. Give him your list. Uh, Yeah, well, OK, well, we've got to get going. Uh, Here's a take a look at this warden and uh, you just give me a call whenever you've got time to look it over. We can talk about it. We'll go down the list one by one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Skip's unable to recognize an enemy. On the one side, that's his charm point because he's not afraid of anybody, but it clearly makes Harry's life rough. So maybe he should be afraid of somebody some of the time. We have like a couple, like we have almost two inciting incidences in this movie. The first inciting incident is like they lose their jobs and like that's kind of an inciting incident. And then the next inciting incident is they get put in jail and they have to like figure out a way. It's almost like the first inciting incident is just to get to the second inciting incident. How are they going to be in Glenboro prison if they're all the way in New York? We need that first inciting incident to get them there. Yeah, but like the, the reason he gets fired basically is that he's like, hey, I'm a playwright and I think you're a wonderful actress. Would you like to work with me anytime? <laughs> oh... He's also working as a, uh, I wish that would have come up again later, that he's like a security guard for like a, he's like a, a loss prevention agent. Yeah, yeah. It would have been helpful in his court case, at least to hear it from him. In his court case, or maybe while he's in jail, he has like a keen eye for people like passing each other, you know, he can figure out who's dealing different goods and services and things, you know, that, there could have been something, I don't know, just something. Yeah, I want to bring 
bring us back to the the Skulpagi brothers, the people that put our good guys in jail. They framed them. And I was like, that was called. You did a great job. <laughs> oh, 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 God, no, hardly. <laughs> Uh, uh, I did love how they were the same guys that, um, that Skip meets at that, like, initial place. They're, like, yep. beating up that, like, speed bag, and he's, like, talking to him and whatnot. And that, oh, that was a really cool little effect. He's trying out the speed bag, and then one of them gets him mad and just punches the speed bag so hard that it, like, it flies off of its little holder thing, and it, like, shoots through the, uh, the ceiling lights or whatever. And I'm like, that is so cool. I don't even know how they did that, but wow, wow, what a cool little effect, and it looks so cool cool mm-hmm. i thought that was that was super neat but yeah I, I thought it was really cool that they used the same guys yeah keep the cast kind of small because i was wondering if they were gonna you know when they're in outfits i'm like is it the same people yes thankfully it was cool cool that makes the story nice and tidy i also like how they clarified that the lawyer's cousin when she was like i'm gonna go work at one of those seedy bars that these guys go to they clarified that she's just working there as like a like a hostess like she's just delivering the meals and she's just like bussing tables or whatever Mm -hmm. looking at people's hands it almost sounded like when she was describing it like she's like yeah i'm going to become a stripper Yes, yes, when I first heard it, because, like, you, you're you primed for it with, like, my mom was a can-can dancer. I mean, it's a long story, and it's like, is everything a long story? <laughs> it's how you do your job, a long story. Yeah, they clarified that she wasn't going to go and do any stripping or anything, and I thought that was kind of neat, because uh, if left up to my own devices, I'd be like, wait, so your brother's a lawyer, and so you have to go stripping to do detective work? Like, you're not even doing lawyer work at that point. You're doing, like, the cop's job. Damn, lady. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, she just picked up a job working 9 to 5, picking up, you know, uh, I'll deliver the hot wings over to this table and the beers over to that table, and, like, no big deal. If I see a tattoo, I see a tattoo, you know? But, uh, yeah, way to go the extra mile, though. That is, that is absolutely... I think Skip was right, man. Like, he was like, yeah, don't worry. People will come through for us. We'll be out of here in no time. You're right, man. You hired the correct lawyer, the lawyer who has a very attractive cousin who just happens to be willing to pick up a random random job to try to investigate your case. The ending has Meredith, right? I think her name's Meredith. Has her going with uh, Skip because they what they got is a real connection and she's gonna see his play on opening night the play that he has yet to publish the play that he has yet to rehearse for or book she's going with them in the car and as i'm seeing this i'm torn because one part of me still in suspension of disbelief is like yeah she's with her man and then the other part of me is like so she doesn't have rent doesn't have her own car doesn't have to say goodbye to anybody just gonna be in this car (laughs) no obligations for meredith (laughs) Just just living the free-floating life, going from cousin's car to your man's car, and that's all you had to do this week? No other listen. Meredith doesn't have other things to concern herself with. She's she's cracked the case. What more is there to do? She showed up and said, hey, cousin, do you have any, you have any court cases you think <laughs> I could just figure out in my spare time? Oh, that works really well with the part-time job I kind of need. That works. I can do that. Yeah. Easy, easy. <laughs> Just figure that out real fast. <laughs> I'm I'm also torn about like uh, how Skip gets like a love interest at the end, but Harry kind of doesn't. On yeah. the one hand, I like that his his love interest 
is Rory and that that doesn't work out because they don't feel the same way, you know, yeah. sexually towards one another. And that's okay. You know, sometimes that's how romance works out. You have like a nice friendship slash romance with somebody and then they're like, hey, I'm into you. And you're like, oh, no, nah, that that ain't for me. And that's okay. But like, I don't think that's what the movie was trying to do. I think the movie was just trying to have a little gag. And if Richard Pryor's character doesn't end up with anybody, it's okay. Little feel that way because we know about him that he's got game in New York. Like he's about to have um, he's about to have a polyamorous event go on in his life. Oh yeah, you know what? <laughs> right, he does have what's her name? Like uh, he has a girlfriend, Catherine or whatever. Yeah, she's never on screen. Yeah, we never get to see her. She he mentions her a bunch. This is like his his girlfriend who lives in Canada you know like <laughs> i haven't got a girlfriend and then skip's like oh yeah what's her name she lives in canada leave me alone skip like okay man if chill. she had this marijuana oh she would she would comply with all of my fantasies it's like oh okay uh i'm i think you're telling the truth and you're not exaggerating about how good the ganja is yeah and skip's character literally Every time a woman is on screen at the same time as Skip, she's like, please have sex with me. And he's like, I am an actor. <laughs> You're just passing in the wind. And then, you know, Harry's like, hook me up. And he's like, you don't want her. You know, she's not oh, good for your psyche. She's terribly uninteresting in the morning time. I'll tell you what. <laughs> And Harry's not like, oh, man, I'm glad you're there looking out for me. I would have been suckered in. He's like, I'm about that fake life, too. Come on, be superficial with me, please. I do appreciate that Harry was like, you know what, man? I'm I'm also that way in the morning. Fuck's sake. It's not like only ladies do that i'm i'm in that i'm in that camp too what a reasonable take on that like he's not he's not like oh what a failing on her character i would never have such a failing in my character no he's like yes i too suffer from this exact same we're actually very compatible now that you say it out loud yeah so at the beginning of the movie i thought it was really weird because we're seeing life in new york and the track being played is like i guess i'm crazy the scenes that we're seeing is women getting treated better by men and women who are helped by men not appreciating it and i was like what is this because first we have a guy hailing a, a taxi but taxi skips him and goes to the two ladies then there's an he gets into the taxi there's an argument one of the ladies leaves then the next scene we see a woman gets her heel stuck in a grate and a guy helps her but helps her a little too long so maybe he's feeling her up so she smacks him with the bag and the next scene that we have ladies in as far as relating to men they're in the kitchen it's sissy the assistant and harry and i thought for sure they were going to yell at harry which they do but it's not rife with sexual tension or some gender inequality sort of way so yeah yeah they're just frustrated at the circumstance they find themselves in <laughs> yes i would be too <laughs> Well, I mean, whether on purpose or on accident, you don't need to be going through a man's bags for, you know, things. Spices you know? for your work. That's you guys fucking up and you should be able to accept <laughs> that y'all fucked up. We went through the wrong bag. We did wrong. This was a, an accident, a comedy of errors, if you mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. They didn't treat it that way. They're like, no, you screwed us. And he's like, how could I have possibly done this on purpose? <laughs> this is imported from Africa. How could it? You, you've done me a disservice. There's so many good gags right there where he's like, you know, there was a revolution in 65, but we all forgot it because of this. <laughs> 
and then the bit where the 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 priest is that that whole bit with the priest is all written by the hand of God. He's like, uh, oh man, my hand feels weird. What's why is my hand feeling this way? The lady's like, oh, your hand's feeling my leg actually. He's like, oh God, no. She's like, actually, put it right back there. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> And then she's like, do you, do you get some often? And he's like, nah, I don't drink often. And then we have a streetwise Harry to be like, that's not what she says, skin. And he's like, wow, wow, woman asking for that information. I'm inclined to bend my rules because I'm on drugs. So we didn't quite get the talent show, Uh, but we did get a well-needed distraction for the prison break because that's exactly how they treated it. One sad thing, and I know that maybe Grossberger doesn't care, but Grossberger didn't get a chance to escape. Right? I was looking at how every skinny person was just rolling away to freedom, and I'm like, are they gonna come back and be like, oh, there must be some mistake. That large man is my cousin. He's in the wrong stance. Let me just kindly take this man off your hands. But no, it's just like Grossberger takes one for the team. And I don't know how to feel about that because, you know, we don't get, you know, a look into Grossberger's, you know, opinion on this. It feels like, you know, we could have had a cool Harry, Skip, Grossberger, and Meredith drive off into the sunset. And that's yeah. cool. I did, I did like that it ended on the break and everybody gets out and then we roll out of here and it's good. And they tried to keep some tension there where like a guard is around the corner well that and the the lawyer and the cousin are like they break up traffic to try to track these guys down in the last minute and you're like well damn they're i mean they're not cops but they're like servants of the law they could still do like a citizen's arrest kind of thing mm-hmm. at least that's how i'm feeling i'm like oh dang are they gonna actually i also thought it was a little ridiculous for meredith to cause a several car accident and then leave that immediately after causing it like she didn't stick around and give people her insurance information or nothing she just continued the pursuit yep (laughs) just because she thinks she saw a fugitive escaping the law you can't or you could read it as she saw the guy that she didn't know she had feelings for leaving sure and either way it seems ridiculously it is it is because it's not like the car squealed and braked before they hit her like hey lady that's not how you use the road there is definitely incidents happening yeah she hit at least two other cars at least yes if not like five or six because of like your car hits two other cars and those two other cars hits two you know what i mean i i didn't that scene whoa yeah who am i rooting for again this doesn't feel like the right thing to do right now like i get how that's kind of funny but i think the risk is too high in terms of like all right that yeah that come on a lawyer would for sure at the okay if they had driven not too far away let's say it's just right up the way and we can see clearly where they stop and she just causes the accident and immediately runs away and leaves the lawyer guy to figure out the accident that would be fine with me i'd be like okay she's gonna run and go figure out why they're parking over there and why it looked like gene wilder was in the vehicle that can't be right let me go check it out doesn't have time to explain to her lawyer cousin and he figures out all of the insurance blah 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 bullshit that she doesn't have time for right now Mm -hmm. i'd give it a pass but that is not how it is handled in the film um there's this one moment before there like it's the big day where the lawyer guy is self deprecating his work he's like oh a lot 
student could have done a better job. And I'm like, are you just realizing it just now? Or <laughs> did you <laughs> did you find something that could really help? Like it, it just, I felt like I didn't get enough clues as to where he was and why he was lamenting. So I was like, oh, I guess he regrets it now. <laughs> I, I'm guessing they were trying to explain why it was that he wasn't at his phone. And it's because he's a bad law person. Because <laughs> he was studying to get better for some other person's case or just lamenting how poorly he did in <laughs> harry and skip's case question i don't know yeah i'm glad you also don't know because i was like am i missing something here because i not i don't understand fully i don't look when you're making these kind of indie movies sometimes <laughs> you'll make a scene and you'll just be like yeah we made that right it's good let's move on to the next one and then when you're finally editing it all together you're like oh shit we're missing some stuff here boys and they're like well we're not gonna get to go back put all the stuff in the cake but but put all the stuff in the cake look did you get all the ingredients in the cake <laughs> well, well yeah technically well that's all that matters hush 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 hush, hush. no more no more the, the sugar will cover it all the sugar is good enough yeah. <laughs> and to to be fair the sugar is pretty good in this movie there's <laughs> The, the comedy is good comedy. It really is. You can tell this was worked on by some comedic geniuses. I can also tell when they went, all right, in this take, you can improv. <laughs> I don't know if that's just because I've been around comedians, but I, I definitely knew what scenes those were. Like when they're they're like lined up and they're like pushing them through the line and Gene Wilder turns around and he's like, hey, you quit hitting me with this stick thing. And then he like kind of starts having like a freak out and Richard Pryor's like, oh, hey, whoa, uh, he's just freaking out. Leave him alone. Don't hit him. Don't hit him. He's just, this is how it happens. Keep rolling gold. Keep rolling gold. <laughs> And then after he's like, oh, see, he's fine. Gene Wilder's fine. And then Richard Pryor has a freak out and Gene Wilder has to calm him down. He's like, I'm going to count to three and he'll be fine. I promise. I promise. One, one thousand, two, one thousand. Hey, take your pill. Take your pill. It's <laughs> like, what? What pill? Why would you have a pill on you right Wait, now? That's... Why does he have to have the pill? You're just making things up, Gene Wilder. And, <laughs> and yes, yes, Gene Wilder was just making things up. <laughs> I was talking about how Jean is in a frenzy over the California women. Can you buy into this fantasy? Come on, Harry, you know you want to go to California. And then you can see Richard be like, okay, you got me. And then he challenges him and he's like, tell me more. And then Jean pauses for a second, like improv time. Okay, the, the desert, the sea, the wading in the water. <laughs> like, Let me tell you, those women, they exist. <laughs> And, and and they could theoretically be ours. They're robust. And I was like, robust? Mm, maybe. But... We all we all love a woman who doesn't just evaporate into thin air. That's my favorite quality of a woman, in fact. I'm not saying that women shouldn't be robust. I'm saying for this time period, California PR is a thin little thing that goes to the beach. So when he calls her robust, I was like, who are you? What Californian are you thinking of? Uh, yeah. well, maybe, maybe robust at the time was more like, you don't just explode into dust the moment you look at them, you know? Maybe that's I... what he meant by robust. When we get around to the whole, like, there's a rodeo in this part of California, I was like, clearly that's who he had in mind when he was talking about robust women. Absolutely. When we were like, we're in California, I'm like, all right, we're in California. All right, I'm, I'm following, I'm following. It feels like it's all adding up. California, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Rodeo. And I'm like, oh. what? <laughs> no! <laughs> 
taking it so seriously. They're like, we're not going to let some city slicker New York person ride a mechanical bull and put us ranchers to shame. Not in California. Not in California. Yeah, we go after Texas. Texas is real, legitimized by Jesus Martinez. <laughs> yeah, they're real. Their wardens are good. But not, we're not going to let some city slicker. What ranch are you doing this out of pride for? Like, I see that it matters to you, but I don't, I really don't understand. This is like classic 1980s like storytelling. They're basically like, all right, so they're in New York and they're like a playwright and a uh, actor. And I'm like, okay, I can believe that. Playwright and an actor, you know, in New York, that makes sense. And they can't get any work. That's sad to hear about. Unfortunate things happen sometimes, you know, that yeah. makes sense. Because they couldn't get any work, they're going to move somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, somewhere else to find work is a playwright and an actor and they're like california and i'm like oh well that makes sense california is probably the next best option sure sure you can't make make it out as a playwright or, or an actor in new york california is probably next on the list right that makes sense and then stuff happens and they get arrested and they're sent to jail oh okay well, that makes sense all right all right that makes sense and when they're in jail the warden's really into rodeo and <laughs> ropes them both into doing rodeo stuff yes. this had to have been made in the 80s and could never have been made any other time yes they they treat it with such gravitas they have the mechanical bull ready to go in the warden's office no questions asked yeah hmm. <laughs> like if i pitched that today even just amongst my friends they'd be like you sure you don't want to put this in texas yeah why wouldn't they go to texas well no because they have to go to california because that's where they're where like an acting job but, might be like couldn't they like get i don't know layover in texas couldn't they have their identity stolen in texas yeah i guess i guess i could find a way to get them in <laughs> Texas I just I mean that just seems like one extra unnecessary step can't we just can't we just put them in a California prison where the guy's just weirdly super into rodeo and it's not just him it's a ring of wardens yeah there's a whole ton of people into it it's a secret society of rodeo loving wardens all the security guards are super into it all the wardens are super into it even the inmates are all about it everybody okay but like at this point you wouldn't have to explain any of that if you just put them in texas <laughs> I'm not, look, I'm not gonna explain any of it. I'm just gonna put it in and I'll treat it very seriously. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Don't talk to him about rodeos. Don't talk to him. He needs some time by himself to figure this out. Just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. Don't go there, man. Don't go there. We did it. We tried. Don't do it. And then the lawyer will <laughs> complain about how he's a shitty lawyer for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wouldn't it be kind of funny if he was a shitty lawyer the whole time? No! No, he's a perfectly serviceable lawyer the entire movie! Okay, okay. Uh, so there was, there was one part during this movie, I think I got spoiled with my um, era. In, in my era, my time, movies go out of their way to explain things, and sometimes they over-explain. And over-explain really is talking about things I don't care about for longer than I care to hear about them. In this movie, there's an escape plan, but they don't go over it with us. So I don't uh -huh. really know where the guards are, and I don't really know where the exit is. And so as it's happening for realsies without any rehearsal, I'm really trusting the plan, the plan that I don't know about, to work. And it's kind of 
fun because I get to see it in action, but it's kind of not fun because I don't have anything to bite my nails about. Does that make sense? Like, there's not a moment where I'm like, oh, the, the plan might not work because it's we're j you're just showing me the successful plan. The guy who goes over and inspects Grossberger as he is sort of uh... tossing Skip into freedom. Yes, yes. As he's doing <laughs> that. And Grossberger knocks him out really fast. That guy is important for a handful of reasons. When he's going over there to inspect it, I get that we're supposed to be tense about this moment because this is Skip's like chance. You know, it seems like he's this is his chance to get out of here or something. I just don't really feel the tension in the moment, you know, until he punches him. And then I'm like, oh, God, this is serious now. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, OK, is the warden going to come down? Because plenty of times I see the warden making angry faces. So I expect with the whole they used to split it every year, but now it's winner takes all. I expect him to go down there and be like, I want everybody paying attention to that bull. What? Three or four people are missing at this point. That's what I expected to happen. But instead, he just makes big old faces like, oh, so angry. Puff, puff, puff. That's another issue is it would be OK if the characters went missing after they had made their crucial appearance, but they they never do. It's they have nothing to do. Yeah in this series of scenes other than and now I disappear. Yeah, like the rodeo clowns, the painted faced people, can they at least be shown doing that part before they roll away? Doing any part before they roll away? <laughs> yes. They could have set up a lemonade stand and sold someone one glass of lemonade and then gone away. And I'd be like, well, that was the thing they had to do. But that, so that guy. Ramon? No, no, no. The, the, the gentleman who goes over and interacts with Grossberger. Yeah. He gets punched in the face by Grossberger. That is Jack Graham. He's in the movie a handful of times. And he's sort of like, you know, I think he was the the person that the, the deputy warden. Yes. Really wanted. Yeah. He, he really wanted to have. Jacked up knees and all. That's the guy. That guy is played by Jonathan Banks. Sounds like a nice name. Are, are you familiar with uh, the Breaking Bad franchise? Uh... No, not really. No, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's not very important. <laughs> You're so kind. I'm not going to rake you over the coals for that. Good on you for skipping out on... <laughs> Just a phenomenon that happened throughout the country. A lot of people were really into it, but... <laughs> Jonathan Banks plays Mike in Breaking Bad, and he's a well, really well-loved character. Uh, of course, at that point, as Jonathan Banks is playing the character of Mike, he's much older. And so it's nice that uh, Breaking Bad was able to find a really good gig, a recurring character for an older actor. And Jonathan Banks fucking kills it as Mike. He is a very, very good actor at this point in his career. And to see him so young and still, you know, still playing a generally intimidating guy, even though his role felt like it was kind of split between him and the deputy, it feels like they could have consolidated that character into th those two characters into one one guy instead of two separate guys. Maybe the, the deputy is like, oh, me, you should have me play the part of rodeo person of cowboy. I want to be the cowboy. If we couldn't get the deputy to want to be the cowboy, we could at least have the deputy be like really into Graham winning and Graham being like hey I had my shot it's okay and him be like no <laughs> all my money's always on you there's there's a couple different ways to do it and I just think that uh it's weird to have somebody that we know now you know John Jonathan Banks is considered a really good actor nowadays you know mm-hmm 
top shelf. Yeah, it would have been nice to have him, I don't know, get to really strut his stuff in this movie. There are a lot of other, like, interesting names in this movie. Craig T. Nelson's in it. I'm not going to go through the process of just listing all of these. <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm looking through the cast list, I'm like, Oh, great. This is an essay. <laughs> Come back later. <laughs> Nobody. I am the only one who gives a shit about any of these people. It's me. It's, the podcast was just made for me. Research for yourself. And this is my chance to describe at length why this person matters. I I, I learned about a good actor. He was in Breaking Bad. And uh, his name was not Jack Graham. It was, uh, dang it, say it again. Holy shit. I'm shook by you right now. Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks. It sounds like a rich person name to me. That's Johnny Banks over there. <laughs> just, just, it's me, Jimmy Banks. Hey! <laughs> Jimmy Banks, Jonathan. Jonawell Bankleton. <laughs> we expected you to marry Katerina Bucks, but instead you go off with Cassie? And then you're telling me this character is, like, this actor plays intimidating people as, like, Gary Jonathan Banks? Well, I mean, he, he played an intimidating character in this movie. He played a guy that looks around shiftedly. And, and that's my problem. He doesn't get more to do. If he had gotten more to do, I think he could have done a better job. And he, like, you know, he has, like, the little toothpick in his mouth. He's got the, you know, he's he's a he's an intimidating-looking guy. He's not, not the kind of guy you'd go over and say, hey, buddy, you know, anywhere around here where i can go and uh i, I don't know have a have a nice evening he would be like uh go fuck yourself like, <laughs> oh yes i i probably could have assumed you might say something like that by the way that you look from across the street here uh, i took a chance and i shouldn't have done that my apologies <laughs> i learned to trust my gut and not reach out to people good job <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people with things in their mouth, we have a perfectly good tough guy who gets punched in the face all in an effort to kill a fly, and it makes his cigarette crooked. His, yeah. By the way, he's credited as Big Mean. <laughs> Before they can invent Grossberger, they need Big Mean. I'm just saying, this movie is just starring See For Yourself hosts. <laughs> You did say that. I can see where you're getting that from. I liked that in a peace offering, he gets a brand new cigarette. Then I was kind of confused why he'd go over to our main characters like, you specifically must be carrying a lighter on you. You walked bad, so light me up. I loved that bit by Richard Pryor, by the way. He's like, I'm getting, I'm getting bad, man. I'm getting bad. I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then fucking, uh, and then Gene Wilder also trying to get bad, like, in response to it. Like, oh, you're getting bad. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get bad, too. And he's like, yeah, do some of these. And he's, like, popping his fists out. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. So the gag in the tough guy light my cigarette was that Richard Pryor can strike a match on this man's hairy. On his chest, yeah. Chest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And he recognizes that this is not a usual thing that happens and appropriately freaks out about how tough this guy must be if his skin can light a match. But then we don't hang out with him again. Yeah, we don't get much time with Big Mean. And I feel like, again, feels like we lost Big Mean for no reason. We did also lose Big Mean. I think he's in the bus being shackled. That's about the last time we see him. And then we have, uh... 
He's not credited as Little Meanie, but what a waste of a cool name opportunity. Yeah, Slowpoke. His name was Slowpoke. Fast talker, Slowpoke. Big Mean and Slowpoke. And it could have been Big Mean and Little Meanie. <laughs> and that could have been so much fun! Mm -hmm. or, or maybe even Little Weenie, you know, because... He's big mean. I don't know. We, we could have done something. Hey, now, they were being merciful to this podcast. Whatever they didn't use, that's for us. We get the table scraps of what they left. Little did we know our stupid little podcast idea was already mastered by these gentlemen who wrote Stir Crazy. What does that say about us? Are we Stir Crazy? Um, I don't know. I do appreciate how we did not stay in one place long. I was concerned about that at the start of the podcast. I'm like, Stir Crazy, does that mean like looking at four walls and rocking yourself? No, it, it means going to New York, going to a New York bar go into a strip club go into the torture tiny chicken pen house going to max isolation going to the cafeteria going behind the stands going we, we go places going to the hospital going to the hospital <laughs> don't let that guy operate on you he's mad at what he does oh god and like they had an opportunity to do like super racist caricature of a korean man they didn't do it as bad as they could have again this movie it's like hey, we know what people want. They want like a hyper racist caricature. We're going to do that, but only for one line. Just the one line where he says hello in kind of a broken he English says, kind of way. How do you go? Yes, he says, how do you go? <laughs> and I've never heard it put that way, but God, is that funny. <laughs> I was really confused how Harry escaped. I see him running, but isn't it towards a dead end? Like, this is the warden's bargaining chip. How does Skip hear about it? How long has he been mentally tortured by being on the cusp of having his appendectomy a second, possibly a third time, depending on how quickly they get through this wait list? It's a, it's a good question, and I don't think the movie wants you to think about it. I know, but as somebody who could be accused of being crazy at any any given time, I would like to know how you escape from the psych ward. How are there not guards like in, in immediate vicinity of you as you're trying to run away? I, mean, I don't know. You're pretty helpless going into the situation and then you could just run down the main aisle, take a left and you're good? He made it out. He survived. <laughs> what more do you want for flights? Is he your hero or isn't he? You're right. I, I don't wish any bad on him. He made it out. He made it out. That's good. Yay. Hooray. Sometimes you just got to make it out, even if it doesn't make sense for your movie. <laughs> and that's okay. I was hoping that we would get to see, like, the secret to breaking down a Grossberger. We get whimpering in front of his stomach. We get trying to start a conversation with him. But through the magic of not being there, he's uh, playing cards. <laughs> I was like, no, I wanted to have that moment. I wanted to see who was right because you have Skip saying all it takes is a good conversation. And then you have Harry saying, leave the man on his terms. Okay. He's not touchy feely. And then we have a transformation, but nobody takes credit for it. Yeah. And we don't even get the, the best, like uh, the best transformation scene. Basically once like we see that he is fully integrated into the group is when he gives his song. That song is very touching and it feels good and whatnot, but like, how is that? indicative of and now i'm part of the group it just feels like it's just like yeah and then he sings maybe they didn't because they don't remember him during the grand escape 
so he's not really in the in-group. It feels almost like uh, Grossberger died. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens in that song. He just dies. (laughs) We as an audience know that he belongs in heaven with a song and voice that nice. And it's there to like have the guards be like, is this a vacation for them? We got to make their life rough. I'm going to put him on a specifically named animal. And so I was like, well, maybe maybe this animal is specifically named because it's going to be switched out for a more tolerable animal Nah, that's just more detail god this audience really wants us to work for this movie i'm paying attention i cared i paid attention and instead you're like you didn't even need to use half of your brain oh okay silence your stupid brain it's richard (laughs) Pryor and it's gene wilder (laughs) look at their funny faces leave them alone there's Richard whimpering yet again. Of the two, like, acting performances, I think we do get a better range of acting performances out of Richard Pryor than we do get out of Gene Wilder. Mm, yeah, he gets uh, he gets starry-eyed and then he talks. <laughs> Gene, Gene Wilder was like, yeah, I'm an anime protagonist, right? Yeah! No, not exactly, Gene Wilder. Like you're a you're a charismatic fun guy. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm uh I'm Goku. Uh, well. There was a little moment in there where I saw him look for the good and Grossberger. This is about the scene where I saw it, and I was like, is Gene Wilder channeling proto SpongeBob? <laughs> what about aggressively nice people? <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of SpongeBob's uh, acting is sort of based on a lot of these beloved actors from yesteryear. Mm-hmm. But hey, we are coming up on that time. Is there anything you want to say before we call it an evening? I am disappointed that they didn't have a trophy that was used to barricade a door or to ram a door. (laughs) That was the last thing I was missing. You have a contest. We almost win it. I at least wanted to see it be a huge battering ram looking trophy. And that, I don't know, maybe the bad guys would be like, they're escaping. And they close the door and then they use the trophy as a battering ram. That's the only, those are my only notes. I think you kind of have the same gripe that I have. It feels like the escape was somewhat automatic and basically went off without a hitch hopeless Uh, or near hopeless and i saw something that was near flawless so yes i got stuff to say about that yeah that's uh it's it's frustrating that there wasn't more of like a oh no from from the uh the warden the warden doesn't even there's as far as i can tell the warden doesn't even know that a prison break took place Mm -hmm. the guy who got closest to figuring out that a prison break took place with with jack (laughs) Yes. And he got punched in the face because <laughs> yes. of it. And I had expected Grossberger to use Jack's body so that when the warden does come and he's like, I want to talk to the guy that lost me that money. He'd be like, well, you can't. He's resting because of the heat. To be like, well, when he gets in his cell, I'm going to let the deputy really bother him. That didn't happen either. Yeah, I also thought uh, there would be something there because like, oh, look, Jack was kind enough to provide us with a body that looks somewhat similar to Skip's body. Yes. How nice. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for servicing the team. If only that could have been the last body guarding the place as Grossberger like carved a hole in the back stands and escaped. There, there could have been something there. But this movie was just like, no, no, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder made it out and uh, we're done now. I feel like this is going to be for me what the there was space for Jack is to the internet. <laughs> 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 There was space for Grossberger. (laughs) 
there was space for Jack on the headboard door in Titanic. And I was like, there was space for Grossberger. <laughs> it is hard not to love this movie, but it's really hard to, you know, overlook how mistreated poor sweet baby boy Grossberger was. I mean, at least have Big Meanie there to be like, I got you with the secondary plans. Meet us in the sequel. Come on, give me some hope. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a whole sequel just starring Grossberger and Big Meanie. Stir crazy for Grossberger. <laughs> yeah. Gross crazy. Gross crazy. Could have been the sequel. Could have been mean, fun. Gross stir crazy. <laughs> Mean, gross, and crazy! Bam! <laughs> gross crazy. <laughs> Could have been something cool there. We miss missing opportunities, man. Thankfully, they have us to review their work. Next time, <laughs> when you're making movies in the 2020s and you have to make every movie into a franchise that has multiple sequels, this is how you have to think about it, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're helping you. This is a gift. This feedback, it's a gift. Yeah. Every single movie needs to turn into Fast and the Furious, okay? <laughs> Fast and the Furious. That's too many. What if what if we raced cars? <laughs> and that turns into a 10 movie franchise. I mean, they almost had a second one kind of like that, where what if the cars that we race were like people and had mouths that moved and everything? Can we make 10 movies out of this? Nah, you can't make 10. Not 10, no Not way. 10. We made three. Close. Not even close. Well, hey, we'll call that a day and we'll we'll see for ourselves into a 10 movie franchise and then come back for the next episode to talk about how a movie wasn't as kind to a very specific character that we really like as we would have enjoyed for the movie to have been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, how dare it? Look forward to seeing you then. And kiss the woman of your dreams on your way. Or the man of your dreams. Or the, or the man of your dreams. Or the man of your dreams.